All right. I think I said this already, but my name is Rosie, and I am the coordinator of community engagement um, and outreach here at Antioch Quincy. And I'm really, honestly, very excited to get to, to share what I'm going to share today. And, and I want to, um, I'm going to take you guys on a little journey of something that actually happened this past week that felt fitting for what, what we're going to talk about. All right. So this past weekend, my roommate, who is Allie, who is our sound um, expert today, <laughs> um, she was out of town, right? And so I decide I'm going to rearrange my room, right? The entire thing. I just, I'm going to rearrange it because I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the configuration, uh, mainly because it feels like I have too many things in there and I actually can't access this chair that I have, right? It's crammed into the corner. Because I don't know about you, but my room's about the size of this room. And so, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. It's about, you know, I don't know, 10 by 10, uh, maybe 11 by 11. But you got a bed in there, you got a nightstand maybe. My closet is the size of this book, so I also have a dresser, try to put some stuff in it. And then the last thing I buy is this chair that I'm like actually the most excited about, right? Because I think, what a great place I'm going to read my Bible and spend time with the Lord there. Maybe I'll just like watch YouTube videos of cats and laugh a lot. You can do so many things can happen in this really bright yellow chair. But um, it's the last thing I bought. So I only had like a tiny corner. And so I decide, because I was very strategic, right? When you only have a 10 by 10, you're like, where can I put this stuff? I even measured, which if you know me, that's like, what? She took time to measure. Um, I did, because I was like, where can things go? So I thought, I've been strategic this whole time. My chair can only fit in this corner because everything else is where I want it. Um, but, you know, when I sit in that chair, it's actually really uncomfortable. Uh, mainly because when I try to get to it, I'm like walking and then I whack my leg on the bed. Or I sit in the chair and it's actually touching the bed, so my legs can't even like get off the chair. <laughs> Uh, which I'm short, right? So, book, like you couldn't even get near the chair because it's so close to the bed. Um, and so it's not comfortable, right? And I've been thinking about this for a while. And so I'm like, okay, new year, 2022, roommate's gone. I can either keep living like that um, or I could recognize that like in my spirit, I actually get angry when I think about trying to get to the chair. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like angry. And it doesn't meet any of the outcomes of the reason that I bought it. And so I'm like, all right, I have two options. Rosie, option one, you can just leave it as it is, right? Until eventually we all know what would happen. I would literally never sit in it and it would have just been a waste of money and time of buying it. Just because I'm not utilizing it for what its purpose is, you know, it doesn't mean it lost its purpose. It just means that basically I chose to leave my room the way it was because I don't want to change anything. I don't want to take the time or the energy or the thought or any, you can name all the things. I don't <laughs> want to do it. Or option two, which obviously is the one that I went with, right? Because I told you I've rearranged my room. Um, I could do something about it, right? Because I had reasons I bought this chair. I was specific in why I wanted it in my life in the first place. And I have time. No one was around. And I'm actually tired of being angry every time I think about sitting in it or every time I get in it, my foot was like not doing what it needs to do. So decision made, that's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna rearrange my room. And now looking around, there's only like four of you that I've never met, but a majority of you in here, five, that I've never met. <laughs> 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 um, 
I know that most of us in this room have actually moved at least one time <laughs> in the past two years, right? So I know everyone over in this room has moved at least one time in your lifetime, probably, even if it's from one bedroom to the next in the same house. Like, you've probably moved, right? Raise your hand if you've never moved. Oh, great, okay. So this is gonna resonate, this is gonna resonate. That was my goal, like think of something that resonates with the people. Now we all know, when you start moving your stuff out, right? Whoa, you got more than you even knew was in there. Can I get an amen? Okay, all right, all right. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is messier than I knew. Okay, And, and as you're pulling stuff out, you realize, us oh, some of this stuff is worthy of being in here, and it's going to make it to the rearrangement, or it's going to make it to the move. I'm going to put it in a box. Even if it goes and sits in your attic for another two years once you move to that place, it was worth it to move it, I guess, right? We, we made that decision. I know some things are going to make that. But we also know you find some things in there that you actually didn't even know you had, and some of them you're like, Ugh, why do I actually have this? I'm talking about like the pants that you kept from like two years ago because you're like, I think these will fit better, or maybe they'll be back in style in 2022, but they're not, or they don't, so I I had to get rid of those. Um, (laughs) Or we find things that we didn't know we had that we actually want to use, right? And for me, Allie can attest to this, that was some candles, (laughs) right? I I found some candles, and I haven't even stopped burning them, like the sweet aroma that fills (laughs) the room since I found them. Um, But... So I'm happy to report that I rearranged my room and I sat in that chair to write this sermon and it was awesome, okay? And it was worth it. It was worth the time that I took, right? And hopefully as you've moved new places, it was worth it to pack all those boxes and bring those mementos with you wherever you went, right? Because they, they serve a purpose and you, you made a conscious choice that they were going to continue to serve that purpose or you wanted them to start serving that purpose that they weren't meeting as they were hidden away. And so why am I sharing this? Um, Because as I read James, what we're going to study today, this section, it reminded me that James is calling our attention, what he's calling our attention to in this section is actually not much different than what I did when I rearranged my room. So my chair could serve its purpose, right? James is inviting us to take note of our actions, our attitudes, (laughs) and determine if we need to shift some things around and get rid of some things in our heart, in our lives, in order to make room for the Lord to have his ideal position. To give the Lord his proper place, you know, in order to be the people who don't just listen to the word, but actually do it, live it out. And so our series for the next bit, as you can see, is called James Faith Demonstrated. And today we're gonna go through James um, 1, 19 through 27. And if you're going to pull out your Bible, I actually took, this is a, a testimony of the journals, I took one um, that I typically don't read, which is the New English Translation. It's N-E-T, if you're going to pull it up on your phone. That will be the version I'm going through and the version on the screen. But we typically go NIV, so I felt the need to announce that, that that is the version I'm going to go through, is the N-E-T. Um, and we're going to go through these verses because it's, it's nine verses that will be encouraging to us, or that will be encouraging us to examine ourselves internally and our lives externally, and perhaps alter our focus so that we may live a life of pure and undefiled religion before God. Essentially, to make room for the word to work in our lives. All right, so I'll, I'll read it for us. You can turn to it. It's also on your bulletin. Um, if, you, if you got a bulletin this morning, it's typed out there as well. 
So James 1, 19 through 27, the NET version. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Verse 21. So put away all filth and evil excess and humbly welcome the message implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. But be sure you live out the message and do not merely listen to it, and so deceive yourselves. Verse 23. For if someone merely listens to the message and does not live it out, he is like someone who gazes at his own face in a mirror. For he gazes at himself and then goes out and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who peers into the perfect law of liberty and fixes his attention there and does not become a forgetful listener, but one who lives it out, he will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26. If someone thinks he is religious yet does not bridle his tongue and so deceives his heart, his religion is futile. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this to care for orphans and widows and in their to care for orphans and widows in their adversity and to keep oneself unstained by the world. I'm going to pause on verse 27 because um, I think for us it can give us a rallying point for the why behind the preceding eight verses like that place where we can kind of land this morning. And it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their adversity, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. I think it could be pretty amazing, <laughs> you know, if we could say that we are a people who have pure and undefiled religion before God the Father. And I've heard this verse, and I'm sure many of you have, like many times um, throughout life, but honestly, this time when I read it, I, I, would kinda, I was struck because I don't remember the last part being included much in, in the situations where I hear it. The, and to keep oneself unstained by the world, um, which to me seems way harder to do uh, than, than caring for orphans and widows. I don't know why, it could just be where I've, situations I found myself, but that part seems difficult. Um, and I read that and a couple of questions popped immediately into my head. So, so maybe they did for you guys as well. But the two questions being, how do I keep myself unstained by the world? And how do I know if I'm continuing to keep myself unstained by the world? Right, because I'm sure it's a continual process. Um, so we're gonna dive into verses 19 through 26 to gain some answers to those two questions. All right, we'll start back at the top. Reading um, verse 19 and 20 together. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to anger, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Now, what James is telling us here, it seems, is there are some proper ways, you know, to handle those trials that really come our way that he mentions in the section that Danny talked about last week, where he talks about trials and, you know, what's our heart posture? Do we doubt? Do we not? Um, Great sermon. You can listen to it, read it later, but he's kind of referring back to that. And there's some internal and external indicators for us of how we're doing, you know, in our hearts, I think, inside. Almost like a litmus test to gauge our hearts a little bit, I think. So when we're put, for example, when we're put, when you're put, when I'm put, into an unexpected circumstance, or when we're getting ahead of the moment and thinking about all the what-ifs of tomorrow, next week, next month, are we quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger? Or are we overwhelmed? controlling, fearful, anxious, and are we all, any of those emotions for a long enough period of time to where we then are super quick to anger? Um, 
you know, I'm here to say that like negative emotions, I don't think they're necessarily bad, right? Feeling these things is normal, fearful, overwhelmed, etc. But I, I th our negative emotions are actually meant to um, give us a warning signal, almost like that something is off and needs attention, right? And so in the Christian circle in the world, we, we call that discernment sometimes. Like I can sense something is off, right? I have a little fear or I have a little hesitation about something that's not necessarily bad, again, if we address it as we sense it, as we feel it. But it's when we, we don't address the root of that emotion that leads us to be quick to anger versus slow to anger sometimes. And then eventually that anger could lead to bitterness, <laughs> um, if not stopped at anger, and so on and so on. Um, but that's a rabbit trail we don't have to go down today. But as I was just reading his verses, it was just reminding me of like, okay, you know, in my life and in our lives as humans, we have these other emotions that come sometimes before anger. And they, they're meant to be like, yellow light, yellow light, pause, caution. Um, so if we're quick to anger, it, that could also often be a byproduct of not processing through another situation first. Um, and... You know, you may be thinking, Rosie, but aren't there times where anger is okay, right? Because we know that God hates some things. Like, he tells us in the Bible that, that he does, he hates some things. And that is true. Like, righteous anger does exist. But in verse 20, James is very clear that he's not referring to that. He's referring to human anger, which is not righteous anger, right? He says, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And if we're being honest, we often feel the Holy Spirit's conviction um, in those moments when we're operating in human anger. Um, we, we feel it, right? And so the question is, are we quick, right, to find the root cause of that anger and get it out of our life? Or, or not, you know, and, and why not? Does, you, know, you can go on and on with those questions with the Lord. Um, but in verse 19 and 20, I think James is giving us an encouragement, right, that if we're slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen, our hearts and minds are seemingly approaching trials, tribulations, or maybe even points of confusion or doubt in our life in a manner that, that is pleasing to the Lord. But, you know, okay, what if as you're reading this, you're realizing, hmm, I wouldn't describe myself in this way. I wouldn't, you know, I would, at least not in every situation. <laughs> I wouldn't describe myself as quick to listen, slow to anger, you know, slow to speak. And I'll admit it, right here from the front, I think my parents are listening, so like this is a confession, we'll reconcile later, maybe. <laughs> Didn't know they were going to listen. But, um, you know, I had some moments over the holidays, to be honest, where I would describe myself as the opposite, right? Quick to speak, quick to anger, slow to listen. Maybe didn't listen at all, like, so I don't even know, he didn't even talk about that. <sighs> triple threat, you know what I mean? Triple threat, that's a good thing. Not in this case, like we don't <laughs> want to be this kind of triple threat. And I felt horrible, like, every time I did it. Like, every time I was quick to speak and quick to anger, like, I felt horrible, right? Can anyone relate? Okay. Maybe not over the holidays, but in life. Like, it happens, right? Um, and I found myself asking time and time, like, what is up? Like, what's going on in my heart that I'm just being like that? That's not who I want to be. That's not who I am, I, I don't think. And I'm thankful that we're studying this today because James doesn't leave us in that place of conviction wondering what the Lord would ask of us to ensure we're moving toward that kind of religion that pleases him, right? That religion that is pure and undefiled. Being those people that are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. The good news on how do we 
do this comes next in the verses. So we're going to read 21 and 22, where he says, So put away all filth and evil excess, and humbly welcome the message implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. But be sure you live out the message, and do not merely listen to it, and so deceive yourselves. Okay, this is a rich couple of verses. Um, All right, so we're simply supposed to put away all filth and evil excess and welcome the message implanted within us. So I hope you guys have a good Sunday, and you can just, we can do it, right? Ah, It's not that easy, right? But he's asking us, like, we're not simply supposed to just listen. We're supposed to live it out, right? And so having just done the room arranging thing and then reading this section of James, I was really struck by the words specifically evil excess, um, in this, in this version, like how they put it. And I was reminded that, you know, sometimes the sin in our lives or the things tempting us to sin can be those things we have in excess, right? Things crowding our minds or our physical spaces, getting in the way of the word of the Lord having its proper place in our lives. And these words got me, or th- these verses, sorry, got me, um, thinking about myself, and I encourage you to think about these things too. Like, am I really trusting or leaning on the Lord to the depth I know I can? Or is doubt seeping in? Like last week, that doubt, that word came in a lot. You know, is he holding, is the Lord holding the secure place, that proper position in my daily life? Or has something else crowded him out? Right? Has something else filled my life with noise that is actually overpowering what the word of the Lord is asking me to do, asking us to do. What it's actually saying is something else overpowering what it's saying. And I'm listening to that instead of the word of the Lord. Because if I am, I'm pretty slow to obey, right? Or if, if you are, you're probably pretty slow to obey in that area. You know, you may be great. We may be great at something. So like we can just like tell ourselves, but I'm really good at trusting there. Okay, but what about here? You know, so it just got me thinking about all those, those things. You know, James really gets you, gets you, gets you thinking. Um, and so if the answer is like, hey, yeah, I think some things are crowding out or, or being louder than, you know, the word of the Lord, it might be time to do a, sh- a shuffle or a realignment, kind of like a deep clean out to put the Lord's purposes in their rightful place in our hearts or in our lives um, to the point where it's demonstrated, right? That we're actually demonstrating the word of the Lord, allowing it to transform us, which people can see, people can feel, you can see it in your own life, you can feel it um, in the way that you act, behave, think, we can feel it, guys, if, if we are not just listening, but letting it transform us. And to be honest, I think safe to say a majority of, of us would recognize this, that the American church, it can be really easy, right, to come here every Sunday, or every other Sunday, or once a month Sunday, whatever it is, um, and walk out the same person. Or, you know what, I can go to life group also every week and not experience any life change. It's, it's pretty, it's actually very easy to do that. And, and you can do it for years. And I say that because I did that for years. Like, that was my faith. Um, no one, didn't feel like anyone was challenging me to let the, the word transform me and it be exhibited in my life. I didn't even know that concept. And so... I don't say that from here as someone who's not done it myself, right? Like, maybe we've all done it at different portions of our life. Um, But guys, like, we, I don't want us to be that church, and we don't want to be that church, right? 
we don't want to just be a group of people that takes information in, file it away, and instead of allowing it to have its proper place for transformation, we just go about our day and put something else in front of it. So in, in James, he continues on in verse 23 to say, For if someone merely listens to the message and does not live it out, he is like someone who gazes at his own face in a mirror. For he gazes at himself and then goes out and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who peers into the perfect law of liberty and fixes his attention there and does not become a forgetful listener, but one who lives it out, he will be blessed in what he does. Now these verses, while I'll admit it's an interesting choice of imagery, had me stop thinking, wait, they had mirrors back then? Like I, was, I went down this path, of, but then I was like, forget that, that's not important. Let's just get focused on that. Um, because what he what he's trying to express, I, th I think, in this, and there's a little bit of debate about what he's trying to express uh, in this little simile here, is that in general, he's comparing those times in our lives where we just take it in and go about our lives as basically like doing a quick glance in the mirror and moving on, right? There's no intentional self-reflection going on for deep transformation or change. It's surface level, a passing moment, right? You look in the mirror, hair looks semi-okay, I'm gonna go, right? Or you might spend 20 minutes, but you're just not diving deep, basically. And then he stresses in verse 25 that the doing of the word is like someone peering into the perfect law of liberty and fixing our attention there. An elongated process where we fix our attention on the gospel, which is written on the heart. And in that position of fixing our attention, there is searching, right? There is searching. What is the word saying? There is searching. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I feeling? What am I saying? And ultimately, you know, we find grace in that place too from the Lord and a freedom unlike anything else that we could experience. And that person who does that, they don't quickly forget, right? Essentially, they live out from a place of their attention being fixed on Jesus, allowing the word to take that perfect place in their life. And the good news here is, at the end, it says, that person will be blessed in what he does. Ooh, okay, so I want to I be a people that are blessed by what we do. I want us to be a people who fix our attention on the perfect law of liberty. We don't just glance and walk out, right? And I felt like James got his point across pretty well there, but then he does a 180, in my opinion, <laughs> and reminds us again about the importance of our words by tossing in verse 26, where he says, if someone thinks he is religious yet does not bridle his tongue and so deceives his heart, his religion is futile. Kind of reminding me again about the first verse, right? So I think he re-mentions um, this point of self-control, of really taming our tongue. Like his re-mention of it lets us know it's really important. Like how we, like Emily, your thing was spot on. It was like, you know what I was going to say. Um, when you get that email from someone at work, how do you respond, right? He's, he's just reminding us that that is very important what we say. Um, and honestly, again, to have that pure and undefiled religion, it's important that how we speak um, is thought of in our own lives. And in a James alone coming up, we'll actually be hearing about this point a couple more times. So I'll let Danny or Alex, <laughs> someone else like handle that. We'll go, they'll go deeper into, into that verse. But just the re-mention of it, we, we want to keep in mind, this is important. Like what, what we say and how we say it is really important to, to how we exhibit our faith um, and what we truly believe. And so um, today, though, I want us, I'd like us to end by focusing again on the truth of verse 27, where he says, pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, 
right? For, to care for orphans and widows in their adversity and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Because we have the message implanted within us, right? That message of freedom and liberty, just like what James says above. It's able to save our souls. Like, whoa, okay. It's in here. It's implanted. It's able to save our souls. And as we fix our attention there and humbly walk out in obedience, recognizing our need for our Savior, that's when we can set aside all filth and evil excess. Right? And I'm going to be honest, just like my experience with my room, just like all of your experiences with moving, right? This rearranging what fills our hearts and our lives um, in order to give the Lord his proper position, it gets messy. It, it can get messy. It doesn't have to get messy, but it, it can get messy. <laughs> um, and honestly, I think, I, at least I do, I have the tendency to want to hide the messy, right? Not let, not let other people in because I worry. Like, oh, I'm the only one that has this filth or that has this... Um, sin in excess and so you want to hide it and you want to kind of keep it to yourself and I'm going to ask Kelly and Jonathan to come back up but what what I want to say um, this morning where I'm going to have us spend some time in, in reflection is just asking the Lord how can I make room for you Lord how can I make room for you you know is there something is there a sinful excess in my life that is crowding the space meant for you. Okay, and we're, we're going to do that in private um, because, A, I don't know how comfortable people are talking with other people, etc., and who knows who, but I do really want to encourage you to share that with someone. Okay, and it doesn't have to be someone in this room, but if it is, that's great. There, there is something that happens with um, accountability, even with just like breaking we're believing for breakthrough during this fast, right? So there's something that happens with breakthrough sometimes when we speak out loud a place where the Lord is asking us to, to kind of rid the root of something or get rid of something. And so I do encourage you, share it with someone um, as well. But again, the question as they play is going to be, Lord, how can I make room for you? Is there something, a sin in excess, that's taking up a space meant for you?